1: We are back with more of Focus Fox Valley on your Wednesday 420 the time and welcoming in once again Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin today to learn more about their farm to family drive up food distribution that uh, kicked off this week and we're hearing further the details on what this will do for our community welcoming Liz Wallenberg, the donor relations manager for Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin on our Settlers Bank phone lines. Good afternoon, Liz. How are you today? Hey, Haley. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for taking a few moments to talk further about this opportunity for families.
0: You bet. I'm excited to get the word out there.
1: Absolutely. So I'll be honest, a post on social media like so many things caught my attention with all of this, uh, sharing details on a a drive up food distribution opportunity that happened in Oshkosh earlier this week. But upon uh, some Googling and searching, I I found out that Oshkosh is one of many communities that is offering uh, this food uh, free of charge to families. And so, Liz, can you help us understand, first and foremost, how it kind of was made possible? And I'm understanding that it's a partnership with the USDA?
0: Correct. So the USDA um, is trying to combat the issues that they're seeing in the country right now affected by COVID-19, people out of work, people who are going hungry. And so there's one of the solutions um, that they came forward to the food bank was, can we Purchase food and can you distribute it and get it to the people in need as quickly as possible. And so what they've done is partnered with Valley Bakers in Greenville and with us, Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin, to select seven sites throughout northeastern Wisconsin to distribute these food boxes to families.
1: Wow! Wow! So that's kind of the the you know the nuts and bolts of it. But i I have to imagine, Liz, that it was a, a a big production to kind of pull together. I'm guessing lots of volunteers, lots of people. So how did Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin, I guess, uh, pull this off in 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 connecting with the different communities involved as well?
0: Sure. So as Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin, we have food pantry partners in each of these communities. So our first uh, call out to the communities is to see. Who needs it most and where can we have these distributions that is going to be a centralized location for them? Um, So we had our logistics team, our member resources team working with local pantries to establish which distribution sites would be most effective.
1: Okay, and taking a look at this list, uh, Liz. You know, obviously Oshkosh and Appleton are are some bigger communities, but you also have a lot of rural communities on this list as well. Green Lake, Watoma, Ripon, Berlin. Uh, are these areas that you were seeing an increased need for food?
0: Correct. Uh, so when we're looking at our larger cities, clearly there's more population, so there may be more need there. But typically, there are more resources in these larger cities to help combat those issues. But when we move into the rural communities, that's really where we see a lack of resources to help those who are facing hunger. Wow. Okay.
1: So I, I, got, I, got to, I have to correct myself because I said it started this week, but looking at some of these dates, uh, you've already been uh, donating and giving food out uh, as of last week. So, so tell me a little bit more about some of these, uh, some of these donation days and, and what the impact has been like so far and what the feedback has been like so far.
0: Sure. Absolutely. So uh, if you come to one of the distributions, what you'll see is typically either one or two semis, depending on the size of the area. And each semi has over a thousand meal boxes in it. And these boxes include meat, fresh dairy, fresh produce, um, all packed inside the box that would feed a family of four for about a week. Uh, So what you'll see is those boxes drop down. We do a drive through, no contact pickup. So you don't get out of your car. You just pop open your trunk or your back door. We have a bunch of volunteers there unloading these boxes. We'll put them into your vehicle and you just drive away. Uh, so through, you know, we've done about 10 to 15 of these already. Um, the smallest amount of the fewest amount of people that have shown up for this is just under 300, and the most we've had is almost 600 cars come through. So the turnout has been there. The need is clearly there, um, and we're happy to to help.
1: That's uh, that's incredible to hear those numbers, Liz. Uh, talk talk with me through though. Uh, who, who qualifies? Does anyone qualify? Are you able to just drive up and grab a box and take it home?
0: Correct. So we don't ask for any identification or any qualifications to come through. Uh, the intention is that if you are in need, you can have a no contact and a quick pickup. In addition, we know that there are lots of families who are homebound or individuals who are homebound that aren't able to get in a vehicle and drive to us. So we uh, we are asking that if you have a friend or a neighbor or a family member who is homebound, that you could p- pick up on their behalf. So we are allowing you to pick up more than one box at a time, depending on other households that you're helping.
1: wow. Wow. We're talking with Liz uh, Wallenberg she's a donor relations manager with Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin talking about their farm-to- family food box, a free of charge opportunity for families to get healthy food directly into their hands and uh, about 15 of these have happened already Liz and you're continuing throughout the throughout the month of June uh, what do you think this impact is going to look like across Northeast Wisconsin?
0: What we're hoping for is that it will help people get through this difficult time, whether they were furloughed from work or whether they just missed a couple of paychecks. We're hoping that this is enough to help people get through this until we start to see the upswing in the economy again um, and that people can can share this with their friends and family that are struggling as well.
1: And Liz, I know we, we spoke with uh, Patty Habeck a, a, a few weeks, months ago. I should probably say time is kind of <laughs> fuzzy here, <laughs> but we spoke with her um, earlier in our safer at home order, and uh, she kind of spoke to the current needs in Northeast Wisconsin. Uh, any updates on where we're at now? Are we seeing um, maybe a slowdown in, in a need for food uh, with our food pantries as they continue to open and offer more uh, things to, their, to those people?
0: So, uh, personally, at Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin, our distributions have not slowed down. So, I'm not sure if Patty had shared with you at that point in time, but our distribution has gone up 70% since the beginning of COVID-19. But what we are seeing is that more programs are being developed to help those in need in the communities. So, it's taken enough time to ramp up those programs. And in addition to what we're doing, there are tons of great community resources out there that are starting to come together to help those that are, that are really facing the troubled times right now.
1: And what about volunteer efforts, Liz? Are you still looking for folks to help out? Are you accepting volunteers? What's that status?
0: So we have a limitation on how many volunteers can come into our warehouse at this point in time, but we still are accepting volunteers there. In addition, we do have a live site uh, looking for volunteers for these mobile pantry distributions. So if you are able to stand outside for a couple of hours and lift boxes that are about 25 pounds, um, please go to our website, FeedingAmericaWI.org, and sign up for a shift.
1: Wonderful. Well, Liz, where can uh, folks find uh, details on the communities participating and the dates and times that they can go and pick up one of these food boxes?
0: Right to our website, uh, like I just mentioned, HeatingAmericaWI.org. There's a full schedule there with all of the dates, locations, um, and how how long we'll be doing this through the month of June.
1: And it looks like uh, even tomorrow coming up uh, at Fox Valley Tech uh, from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. tomorrow is, is your next opportunity uh, here in the Appleton area. So uh, you've got something every single day of the week, which is great.
0: Correct, correct. We're hoping for better weather tomorrow. Last week, we got rained on. (laughs)
1: Yes, well, we'll cross our fingers for better weather for you, too. Uh, Liz, great to check in with you and to hear the update from Feeding America, and as always, appreciating uh, the work that you and the team there is doing. Uh, You mentioned that 70% increase in need here in Northeast Wisconsin, so uh, clearly doing some really important work right now and helping families, so thanks for sharing an update with us today.
0: You bet. Thank you for having us, and uh, thank you for the support. Liz Wallenberg, the
1: Donor Relations Manager with Feeding America, Eastern Wisconsin. Thanks so much, Liz. Be well. We are back with more of Focus Fox Valley. It's 440 on this Wednesday, June 3rd. I'm Haley Ten Pass, and we're turning a focus on summer camp. For some summer camps, uh, things are canceled for this year, and that's the case with Camp Onaway. And we're here today to learn more about that decision, but also to look towards the future too, from Marnie Spielbauer, the Program Director and Camp Manager uh, with the Boys and Girls Brigade. Good afternoon, Marnie. Thanks for being with us today.
2: Hi, Haley. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. You know, when you go to your website, uh, I, I like this sentiment. We tried really hard. <laughs> uh, yeah. it's the picture that greets you, and I can't imagine the difficult decision it was to cancel camp. But, but tell us a little bit about Camp Onaway, and and kind of what went into that decision.
2: Well, Camp Onaway is an acre island on the Lake, and any kids in grades fit through their senior year in high school can go down there. All of us, and we have, in the typical summer, about a 1,000 kids come up to Anaheim. Most of our camps are week-long resident overnight. Um, with a few variations on that, we have a few other things. Um, the very unique thing, aside from being an island, is that our camps are led primarily by adult volunteer leaders. Um, we have about 500 of them every summer that come up and have our kids at camp. So it was a super hard decision. Um, we really waited until our last possible minute to do so because we have that unique advantage that um, our volunteers can really rally and get together quickly, and we don't have to do a lot of training because they come back year after year. But at the end of the day, it kind of boiled down to the medical team just said, you know, there's there's just too many dangers in the sleeping quarters and the meals, we eat meals, family style, and all of those things that would have really been altered and and changed the essence of Amelie for us. I
0: think
1: that a lot of uh, a lot of organizations are in in the same shoes as you with decisions to cancel. You know, in fact, we heard about you know three major events being canceled just today in uh, you know, the Country USA and Rock USA and and the Greenville Catfish Races and and you know Camp Onaway also uh, part of you know some organizations making tough calls. Uh, but I think there's a lot of history that goes goes along with with Camp Onaway. Can you tell us a little bit about it and and uh, why you know it will be missed this year?
2: Uh, well, yeah, the, um, all summer camps, I think, will be missed because summer camp um, provides kids with a lot of things that their parents can't give them. You can't, you know, uh, learn that you can really do something under the watchful eye of your parents. So there's a really, there's a ton of things that are not tangible that kids get from summer camp, not being under the watchful eye of their parents. Um, camp Only specifically has um, existed on, since 1908 is when we first started camping there. Um, so well over 100 years now, we've been going to Onaway, and um, it's it's really served a lot of different people over the years. It was a church camp. A lot of people remember going there as a church camper um, prior to the 60s, um, and it was only for boys up until the 70s, and now we have just as many girls as we have boys, sometimes more, so it has a, a very long, very um, strong history, and we one of the things we love is that when people grow up and they become parents themselves and they move all over the country or even, you know, to other countries, there's a lot of nostalgia with summer camps, and a lot of times they want their own children to go back to the summer camp that they went to. So it's really fun for us to see generations later parents sending their children or, you know, their their grandparents went to this camp, and sometimes they've moved far away, but they come back to Wisconsin to go to Anoue to have that same experience as a kid as their mom or dad did.
1: Mm. I think that's such an important point to bring up, Marnie. You know, you think about um, those generations who, who attend camps and, you know, maybe you're put in the same, you know, cabin as, as your parent was, you know, 20 years ago. And that's a special connection to kind of pass on to the next generation.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I, I'm in my 40s now, and I still have a shoebox in my basement from when I went to camp on a And I have a, a little two-year-old boy, and I look forward to the day that he'll be able to go. So as heartbreaking as this decision is for us and, and as you know, our hearts really go out to kids right now because it just seems like they are losing so many of their, their opportunities, um, we know that on a way will come back strong next year um, and that summer camp will continue to play a really important role for generations, for kids, because it is it is a necessary part of growing up um, I have a little bit of a bias, obviously, but I really think that kids that have the opportunity to go to summer camp um, really have an, an advantage. So,
1: I agree, Liz, and I think maybe we need to bring back some of those camp songs this summer around the dinner table.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Some of our leaders will tell you that they, you know, they have their own children, and they sing lullabies to them in the forms of, of camp songs, and that's one thing that's kind of consistent from one camp to another, not necessarily specific to our camp on a way, but summer camp songs um, are a real unique piece of what we do. Um, I won't share any with you here because everybody would turn their radio down, <laughs> but it, it is one of the really fun things that people remember forever. And, you know, it, it might be a couple decades since you sang that song yourself, but when your kids start singing, you say, oh yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> right, right. We have a lot of fun with we- that.
1: You do, you absolutely do. We are talking today with Marnie Spielbauer. She is the program director and camp manager uh, with Camp Onaway and the Boys and Girls Brigade. So let's talk about quickly, though, Marnie, the partnership, of course, with the Boys and Girls Brigade as well. Um, and, you know, what's the status of those programs right now? And that's still an option, I would think, for families to um, find some opportunities for their kids.
2: It is. Actually, um, Camp Onaway is a program of the Boys and Girls Brigade, which is located in NENA, the physical facilities in NENA, also a program that's open to kids um, from all over the place. They don't have to live in Nina. And we our fall programming there out of our Nina building is typically October through April. And then our, our attention shifts to Camp Onaway in these summer months. Well now having lost that also, we do plan to move forward with our October um, plans in our Nina Building as usual, which that consists of guest speakers and lots of hands on workshops where kids get to do things like make wood shop projects or metal shop projects, learn how to do a lot of different arts, a lot of different trade things, and then take those things home at the end of the night with them, um, all in a small group setting under the guidance of an adult volunteer leader. Those programs are still planning to start up in October as usual. But now we are, we're hurrying around trying to um, come up with some really great options for kids. It's it's about to launch in the next week and it's called the Brigade Save Your Summer Series. And it's going to, offer a variety of largely outdoor activities that we're going to try to do in smaller groups for that up safety factor. We'll do things from, we have capabilities to take kids tubing behind squeeze sea boats, so we'll do that around here. We'll go kayaking. We can do some climbing trips. Um, we may take a day trip here and there to camp on a way with kids just so they can get up there and do the swimming and all the fun and the fun stuff, but not have um, that, that danger of the meals and all of those things. So we do have programs rolling out in the next week, and those are going to be open to any kids that want to join us.
1: Fantastic. And what's the feedback, Ben, on on kind of rolling back those programs again, uh, uh, Marnie, and, and getting, you know, some some fun community activity
2: happening with those families? Well, we just think kids are really looking for things to do, and everything that I can hear from all my mom friends is, give my child something to do that isn't on a computer and um, that's what we were most excited about because that's what we specialize in. Um, when, a, when a child goes to camp on a way in a normal summer, we ask them to leave their cell phones behind at home. And, you know, a 12-year-old going to summer camp, they don't even know a world that cell phones don't exist. And that's really, it's really a change for them. And that's one of the, my favorite things about camp is at the end of the week, they say, wow, that was really awesome. Because it just really ups the engagement with each other. Um, instead of leaving a meal, they're not immediately checking their phone to see what they missed, but you know, maybe they're walking out of the mess hall with their arm around each other. and That kind of thing is, is a huge part of what we do. It's the foundation of what we do, so we're focusing on that kind of thing. We want to get outside, we want to get on the water, and we want to do things that take kids away from all of that technology that is so instrumental part of our society today.
1: You know, that's a great point, Marnie. I know myself as an adult, when I'm able to disconnect, even for just an evening or a weekend from my devices, it is so refreshing. Um, and we forget that our kids, you know, they're they're using a lot of those these days, especially the last couple of months, too. So that's a great point that, you know, that outdoor activity, that opportunity to disconnect can be so vital, uh, even for our youngsters.
2: Yeah. Um, And and you say disconnect and disconnect from that technology, but I think, you know, people, uh, older people, younger people alike really realize, especially in a time like right now, how important that connection is. Um, I was just talking to one of my friends last week who considers herself an introvert, and she said, maybe I'm a little more extroverted than I thought. So that deep need for human connection is going to be very much missed this summer um, not just by kids who would normally go to summer camp and the leaders who lead them, but, but by a whole community. So, our ways, you know, looking forward to next year, there will almost kind of be more of an interest in that human connection because maybe we've all come to realize how very much we all need that.
1: Mm. Hearing from Marnie Spielbauer today, she is the program director and camp manager uh, with the Boys and Girls Brigade in Camp Onaway. So Marnie, remind us once again, we know that camp is is canceled for the summertime, but uh, you mentioned some other possibilities uh, for outdoor activity and maybe a a trip to Onaway. So how can families get more details on those opportunities and potentially uh, sign their, their kiddos up if they feel comfortable?
2: Well, we would love to have everybody. Our information is all available on com. We, in the next week or maybe 10 days, so definitely by the middle of June, we'll have rolled out that programming. And you're going to want to for the Save Your Summer, Brigade Save Your Summer series. And we will have you know just one-day things that kids can sign up for and plug into depending on what it is that they like. Otherwise, um, always feel free to reach us at 725-3983. Our office in Nina is back open, and we'd love to have all kids.
1: And we also quick, briefly touched on fall programming. Uh, that is still on as well. If families maybe are more comfortable waiting until the fall, Marnie, uh, when does when do those uh, things, registration for those events in the fall, start opening up?
2: Registration for our fall brigade programs is open right now, um, but a lot more information comes Usually about the end of July, but you can go online and you can sign up to be um, a member of our program this fall today um, at bgbrigade.com.
1: Well, Marnie, it was great to uh, to chat with you today and to learn again a little more about Camp Onaway. And we know that uh, it's, it's a bummer that camp is canceled, but uh, some new opportunities as well uh, for the summer and for the fall. So uh, we'll be thinking of you folks with the Boys and Girls Brigade, of course. And you've brought back some great camp memories for me uh, for my years at Girls Girl Scout Camp and and Church Camp, too. So uh, thanks for sparking that, that, that joy uh, again in, in my head when it comes to summer camp.
2: Thank you, Haley. We're just trying to remind everyone that the sun will still shine.
1: Thank you so much, Marnie. Be well, and uh, we'll we'll connect again soon. Have a great day. Marnie Spielbauer, the program director and camp manager with the Boys and Girls Brigade. Of course, we will have a link to bgbrigade.com over at WHBY's website